Welcome back to another episode of Set the Table. Uh, I am John, he is Jack. That's going, eh? And this is going to be episode 29 for uh, Friday, February 26th. We are recording uh, a day late this week for scheduling uh, concerns, but we are here, we are ready, and it's going to be good. Um, this week we're going to bring you a deep dive into Monarchies of Mao, uh, a new system... Uh, that we've been playing for a couple weeks now, um, but we'll get into that shortly. At the moment, um, let's uh, let's start the recap with five E's. Do you want to go first, or? Yeah, so we're still not playing five E in my Monday group. Oh, the right. Monday group, still playing seventh C. Very nice. Uh, helping me play test through my my three module uh, adventure. I still don't have a good name for the overarching adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll think of one one of these years, uh, but um, they the, the Skula saga, the Skula saga, or the the Conavera something. Oh, the tragedy of the Conavera. Oh, that's a good one. I might have but to put buy it that put one. put it into Italian. Don't buy it. I I I'm already in the credits. You put whatever title on there you want. Okay, so they've started the Pieces of Soul module, which is a uh, tremendously which... good name. Which is a horror, um, mystery adventure. It's pretty it involved... light on the horror. Yeah. Well, this group is getting more into the horror than than the other group, the other playtest group. Ah, so okay. Um, but it is it is they're they're in Essen and they are they had dinner with the Countess Amelia of Felsnadel, who they suspect of being a vampire. Um, they had they had suspicions that she was a vampire, and I think they've proven it to themselves that she is a vampire. Um, they they've done some some adventuring around the castle, and it's been a really good time. They're gonna meet with uh, an Inish woman who they think might be a henchman of the vampire, or she might just be uh, an operative in the Daughters of Sophia, which is the secret society that tries to rescue young Vodachi women from uh, their, I don't want to call it slavery, but their uh, indentured servitude, that's what it is, uh, to to the men. Um, Those of you that don't play 7th C, Vodachi is kind of the Renaissance Italy allegory country. The magic in Vodachi is only uh, available to females. It passes through the the female... um, side of families and it is so amazingly powerful that the society societal norms are that sorte strega fate witches uh, do not learn to read or write and become um indentured to their husbands basically well if they Which, weren't they would rule everything but you know they rule everything already so it's vidachi so so everything is they pull the uh, strings Yes, there's relationships and intrigue. I mean, it's it is literally Renaissance Italy. So think of Machiavelli and the Borgias, and you know, go play Assassin's Creed too, and you'll and you'll get a feel for what Vodachi is and a little bit. Oh, the Sorte Strega, we keep them, we keep them in check. It's like, yeah, you're keeping them in check. You're keeping them in check, like I keep my wife in check, which is never. (laughs) Right, <laughs> your wife is effectively a drow priestess, and keeping her in checks means 
doing everything she says when she says to do it. <laughs> All hail to the matron mother. <laughs> yeah, no, very drow. I mean, yeah, we've, we've talked about drow culture a lot. Obligation for the week, so let's move on. What did your group do? <laughs> um, so we've been <clears throat> uh, a couple months back when my party got to sort of a, a junction um, they were a little bit like, well, what do we do next? And so I dropped them a, a pretty good lead, um, which was a map from the warlock patron who is the, she's the, I have three tiers of gods in my pantheon. And so the lowest tier of God or a deity is a warden. Um, it's akin to like an archangel, I guess. Like they're, they're not quite full God, but they hold a lot of mortal sway. Um, and so she's the, uh, the wardeness of fate. And so, but, and what's super funny about this, I didn't, I hadn't played Monarchies of Mao or 7C, 7C rather, before I wrote this. Um, but the, the whole, like the Greek myth of the threads of fate led me to have this this wardeness, her name is Faletta, to to be constantly knitting or sewing and a lot of her stuff is based around thread, so um a lot of fun connections there. I've been into to Greek mythology lately too, because I've been playing some Hades, but that's way besides the point. Um Party got this map. It had a couple of X's on it that were roughly geographically marked. They had to travel to these places and sort of figure out where or what the X might have been. Each of them was a dungeon, and so they have... <clears throat> uh, last session, they made it through the third dungeon called the Weeping Caverns, because if you stand in the entryway, the dripping water from inside sounds like a woman crying in the distance. Um, and so they... Oh, my neighbors started vacuuming upstairs. I hope that doesn't... I hope you can't hear it. Um, uh, so they made it through that the third dungeon. Um, they made it outside. They got another piece of this broken uh, ewer, which is like a, a Greek vase-style uh, container. Um, <clears throat> that They've been collecting these parts of this, and they, uh, they have overarching goals with it. And so they exited this dungeon, and uh, from one of the uh one character's backstories he used to roll with uh an evil war band and then turned more neutral cuz he wanted to get out of that and so since he um defected basically uh he's been sort of hunted and so they met another hunter and these are sort of higher level um individuals that they fight or otherwise interact with um and they resolved the combat with her and uh, <clears throat> sort of left on an RP cliffhanger. And so we made use of sort of a play-by-text channel in our Discord server uh, throughout the week to, to resolve some optional RP. Um, interestingly enough, since last time we talked about feedback, I want to do like a full circle bit real quick. And uh, I got some feedback about people who felt that we were progressing the story a little bit too much in in the discord and um all of it so far has been optional including the stuff that was mentioned as part of this feedback so um i'm planning to to clarify 
you know, exactly what it was that was progression during the session. Um, but, uh, you know, we talked about getting feedback and responding to that and closing the loop. So I got some, we, we started a project, a new thing with the group. I got some feedback about it. I'm going to sit with it until Sunday, and then we're going to talk about it at the beginning of the group to close the loop. So real-life example of what we talked about last session. And I thought that that was kind of cool. Um, but otherwise, cool. the the party has is really... They're poised to progress big story arcs that they've been working on for a couple of months through these three... It, I did basically three dungeons sort of right in a row, and it's been a good, like, four months of real time. So... Um, It'll be good to break out of that combat trap delving and get a little bit back more into the story that they've been sort of waiting to progress for a while. We didn't play Monarchies of Mao this Wednesday per scheduling restrictions, but we got to play last Wednesday. Um, we did. From the player side, uh, we went, we made it, we made it back to our starting town, we intercepted the, the evil cat cultist couple, and uh, we we talked about what we were going to do next. And I think the plan is to find the lost library. Yeah, so so the, the book that I have is a pre-printed module from um, Pugsteady and, and Onyx Path Publishing. It's called, um, yeah, I left that one downstairs. Uh, Adventures for Curious Cats, and it's three mm. stories. Um, there's the murder mystery, which you guys played through. Um, then the next one is kind of an outdoorsy wilderness crawl, looking for the lost library. Uh, mm. And then the last one, I won't. I, I haven't read the last one yet, so. Well, don't reveal uh, it either, because if it. I'm not going to reveal it either, but so so it's you can the guide can sew the stories together and I've kind of, I've got a way to sew this story, the end of the murder mystery into the, Hey, go look for this library for me. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I have to do is I was playing, uh, a shepherd cause I really, really enjoy the Pugmire uh, game. And we'll talk about that when we get to the system. Um, so I was playing uh, a dog and in the, the outdoorsy crawl you're in a place in the monarchies where it would not be um in keeping with the story and the theme and the and you the realm break canon. For... so yeah i don't want to break canon i mean i we could we, we could just kind of say yeah you know the the angora and and the um the other nations that are here you know they're, they're just going to ignore this dog but it just i don't want to create those weird social situations so i'm just gonna uh re-spin shepherd burke traverne as uh, a minister uh and then just bring him on as a cat all right <clears throat> you really do that... like your modules and you like sticking to canon but you could break it i, I could i just don't i no, it's. I also it's, kind not... of like. Sorry, go the ahead. idea of playing. No, I I like the idea of playing a cat. Like I played a dog and it was fun yeah. and I had a blast. Like like I said, we'll talk about that when we get there. Um, but now I kind of want that. The the rest of the party, you guys are really doing well with the cat modality. Yeah, and which is and, funny because. 
I, out of the the players you have, I think I'm the only like cat person. I think the other two are dog people. Yes, and and Maddie has said a couple times, "Gosh, I wish I was playing a dog." And it's like, yeah, yeah. But you're doing really well. Like the whole like personal stories, and and you're doing much better as a cat than he would be as a dog. Although oh, yeah. I'm sure he would do great playing a dog too, right? It's just the situation right. you're in and what you're and how you react to it. Yep. But. Yeah, I don't know. I we so I had to as an aside to that. I had the character that I started with. Um, I really wanted to stick to like that character's truth, and she's a blind cat, so she doesn't go over water. Like she won't go onto an ocean or a lake or like rivers are okay, but um, she doesn't want to be anywhere where if the boat sinks, she obviously has no idea to know which way to swim. So she prefers ground. So I made a second cat, and then in thinking about this next story, I came up with an idea for a third. And I'm I'm a chronic character creator anyway, but just the changing it from, oh, human dwarf elf to, I'm going to be like an orange tabby cat, or I'm going to be a gray hairless cat, like a sphinx. Like, it, I don't know, as a chronic character creator, if you're you're looking for something that feels fresh but isn't too far from 5e and you liked anthropomorphic stories growing up, then this is... Stay tuned, because Monarchies of Mao is for you. Definitely. So uh, last time we talked about feedback, I gave my little plug for that. Um, Let's get into the meat of it. We talked about doing bumpers, but I haven't found good bumper sounds that I want yet, so that's uh, in the future list, but do-do-do-do-do. That's our temporary bumper here for uh the the main topic so do you want to go ahead and explain what monarchies of mao is i can um i'm gonna have to ask you to help with my foggy rusty memory but uh monarchies you're, of you're mao the, is you're the system the... guy so lay it on us I am the guy. so monarchies of mao is a role-play game set in the realms of pugmire the first game in this series was called Pugmire. Uh, it's anthropomorphic dogs. And the core rulebook was released in, I want to say, 2016. And I think I saw it at Gen Con. And it's got to be one of the Gen Cons you were with me. Yeah. Because I picked it up and I ran to you and I was like, look at this. This is awesome. And you were like, it, it's 5 it, with dogs. Put it back. It, so it was the year that I got the Attack on Titan board game. Okay. I don't remember. I don't remember if that. I don't. I, see, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Those two, I, they blur. They blur a little together. But it was one. It was one Always of those two together. times. So. Yeah. Uh, but it was so. It, was, so it and, wasn't and that you... it was just five e. Also, it was. It was that it was dogs and cats, and I didn't think that our home, like our the family, would would play that. So. And. Fair, you didn't say like put it back derisively. You were like, no, it was. You it's were not like, going to hit the table. Yeah, like go, go. You, I thought you wanted to buy this instead. Like you were, yeah, you were doing the good wing. You had to get uh, the the Fafford and Gray Mouser collection, right? Yes, that was the year. Yes, that was the year I bought the Savage Worlds Lankmar. Right, you were so uh, from... uncertain about that, and I was like, don't get Pugmire, go get that. Like, 
Yes, and and I'm super glad that I got that. We can do a deep dive on Savage Worlds one of these days as well. Well, I, w- I would love so, to play and- Lankmar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm on board for that. <laughs> so Pugmire... Sorry, yeah, bring it back. Idea, so bring it back. The idea behind Pugmire is that it is a world of uplifted animals. So there are dogs and cats. They walk on two legs. They have opposable thumbs. They can speak and cast spells. Uh, and, and jump and dance and sing. And jump and dance and sing. And they worship. The dogs have a religion based on the worship of a thing called man. And they have an enemy called the unseen. So... All of the the sentient races of Pugmire uh, are working against this thing called the Unseen, which is uh, some kind of demonic power or devil or uh, it's it's magic and spiritual in nature. And it's very it's very cool. It's it's like when I now first read about the. Sorry, unseen, that's not the consistory. That's not the consistory. We can talk about those fools uh, a little bit later. Okay. Um, no, the unseen is this is this weird diabolical power, and um, the first time I read it, I I'm we, we have we have several animals in our household, um, and we have a couple that like to bark for what I perceive is absolutely <laughs> no, no apparent reason. No apparent reason, like what? What are you barking at? Like, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anything. There aren't squirrels on. Like, what are you barking at? And and that's the unseen. Like, there's a thing, and, and the dog can perceive it, and it's bad, and I can't. And they're protecting me from it. God. So uh, I didn't uh, know that. That's awesome. The... <laughs> yeah. That's, that's way yeah. cooler yeah, than I thought that was. It's amazing. Yes. Yeah. No, I was blown away when I read it. I was like, this is so cool. It makes so, a lot of sense. The, the, I, yeah, it does. It, and, and the cats also are, are opposed to the unseen in a different way. Mm, okay. Um, but the, uh, this, this idea of, you know, th- there was a race before us. It was called man. The dogs think that they're supposed to worship man as their God. And they have a whole, religious tradition based around the 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 worship of man they have their tenants mm-hmm. um and both both races actually have a religious tenant which is really good um the dogs have the code of man which is be a good dog obey the master bite only those who endanger you defend your home stay loyal to those that are true protect all from the unseen and fetch what has been left behind. Ooh. So that's Gosh. that's those are their. Yeah, it's neat, isn't it? Yeah, I don't um, know. We didn't we didn't cover any of this when we started playing, and I I have no. the core PDF, but I didn't I don't know I didn't read through a lot of the world lore because I thought we'd experience that. But yeah, and we and we have really experienced it, but but that and that's the pub that's the dog side, um, and. and it's really so. So if you look at the um, appendix N, they don't call it appendix N. They call it um, inspirational materials. In, yeah. Uh, one of 
one of the inspirational materials in here is James Ward's Gamma World and a cartoon from the 1980s called Thundar the Barbarian. And this realm, the realms of Pugmire, have come into existence after humanity has come and gone. And for whatever reason, our pets are now sentient and ruling the world. Nice. So, so that, I love it. I don't know. Kind of that's that's film. way cooler than I thought it was, and I already thought it was cool. <laughs> and the cats, the, now the cats, their concept of the old ones, so the, the dogs worship man um, like a deity. The cats, on the other hand, their spirituality, they believe in reincarnation nine times. You get reincarnated nine times, nine oh, lives. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. And they believe that the old ones, what what the dogs mistakenly call man, are called the old ones. And that the old ones worshipped the cats. And for whatever reason, it was time for the old ones to go away. They either had to leave or they died off or they transcended to some other dimension. And they, they left the world for the cats. And so the cats... Precepts. They have precepts. They don't have a dogma like the dogs. Dogma dog, really. <laughs> a dogma. <laughs> dogma. Uh, so they 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 uh, have a they have a catma. They have a catma. Uh, they call them the precepts of Mao. Um, always trust your instincts. Always pounce upon the minions of the unseen. Mm. Always reward loyalty. Always respect an honest duel. I'm thinking um, about so our cat, kind of, and that's like dead on. Like that's, that's the I don't know. It's it's incredible. So I my I I've mentioned it before on the show, but if you're starting at year two or whatever, you may not know. My background's in psychology, and that doesn't necessarily extend to animals, but like parts of how the brain work are very similar across you know mammals, um, and that's the the things that you've described are. They feel like they should be. I don't have research for it, but they feel like they would correlate to real animal behaviors, and that's very, very cool. So that's that's the those are the two big books: Pugmire and Monarchies of Mao. Now the the dogs all live under a single kingdom, and, Pugmire, and they're very right? the pug the kingdom of Pugmire. Mm-hmm. Um, the cats uh, have separate kingdoms separate monarchies uh and they're all united under house mao would you say that um, they're capitalists they are capitalists <laughs> um, necessarily they're they're uh sociological economic and sociological structure but um i was just trying to divide it upon in so if you're a game of thrones <laughs> fan um the monarchies of Mao are the monarchies themselves are ruled by separate houses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angora, uh, Simric, Korat, Siberian Rex, Mao, and the Shadow Block. Um, you'll notice that they tie to feline breeds. Uh, the the Pugmire has a similar. The dogs, all the dogs' last names for player characters or and NPCs are uh, breeds. 
So I was playing Tavern, which is a, a breed of uh, Shepherd. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys fought uh, Sandy Golden Retriever. Yep, Conroy. Uh, oh, what was Conroy's last name? That was the one that he, I was prepared. <laughs> and uh, I again, I left that book downstairs, so I can't look it up. No, that's all um, right. You can hop into roll twenty, maybe, but. But uh, so so that's kind of that's kind of the game. Uh, it, there's a third book. Uh, they kickstarted a third a splat book called Pirates of Pugmire, uh, which is you have to have one of the core rule books to play it. That's that's one of the things that I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, so Pirates of Pugmire went on Kickstarter. Uh, December 2020 is when it was when it when it was done. Uh, they raised forty eight thousand dollars. They had. 800 700 ish backers Ooh. um and, and it's uh it in, it now includes the bird races the and the lizard races so it gives you birds as player characters okay. and lizards as player that's all right uh and then it gives you six I... new classes or collins Con- they call them all right so it's conroy Pekingese. Pekingese. That was it. And that I don't know about thing. I don't know how I feel about birds and and lizards. I feel like if I wanted more anthropomorphic animals, I might be more inclined for like badgers or or owls. So funny you should say that. Well, owls are birds. Yes, they are. They're owls are covered in the birds All and right, cool. badgers are actually in um there there's a a small section for badgers in the Monarchies of Malcor book, uh, mm. and there is an expanded badger uh, information in one of the modules. Oh dang! I want to make um, Abbott. Uh, is it Abbott? It's not Mortimer, is it from Redwall? The Badger Abbott from Redwall remember. is who I would want to make as a character. I I just remember Badger from The Wind in the Willows. I mean, that would also be, you could make one of the badgers so, from the badger song. A oh, badger, 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 badger. Yeah, Constance. I started thinking about that. Abbott Constance. So, uh, badgers are uh, nomadic tribes of the north. So oh, That's so cool, dude. That's so cool. From uh, the R.A. Salvatore book. Or, or uh, I mean, I mean, any like northern bar- like Fafford. Fafford. Fafford would be a badger. Conan. Yep, Fafford would be a badger. Conan would be a badger. Um, Man, I yeah, need to make a badger cool. next. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. We'll see how this adventure goes. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the that's the realm. I I talked about the three books. I talked about um. Some of the we talked a lot about the religion and spirituality, which I thought was really, really like you were saying, it's really well done. It's and unique for sure. It it is, and 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 that's I, that was one of the things that kind of drew me to that. So let's I'm going down through my my show notes here. Yeah, no sure problem. I, <clears throat> I feel like part of part of what we want to do with the deep dives here is is not to not to get quite into like the oh you would roll this for this in this particular not the nitty gritty of it, but more of a broad this is why you might be interested in exploring this system so um, So, i'm I'm gonna skip ahead a a little bit and say that you know the the primary 
you know, the dice mechanics in Monarchies of Mao is basically 5e. Um, you know, if, if you're coming from a 5e or, or Pathfinder or even a 3.5 or older version of, of D&D or DCC or any of those sort of mainstream, like, D20 systems, um, Monarchies of Mao is going to be relatively easy to pick up. It is a D20 system with feats and skills very, very, very similar to 5e. They've simplified the the skills. Um, and a, a little. Feats. Yeah, a little. It, it's, uh, it's still about as skill-heavy as 5e is, but... Really? <clears throat> I didn't think so. I'm looking at the... the... I was looking at the character sheet in Roll20, and there were just fewer skills on that than my... 5e sheet. Yeah. But, there, there's probably a couple more. But the um, feet are called tricks for dogs. Go figure. And they're called secrets for cats. Um, but it's, it's, your, it's like an advantage. Like, if you're playing uh, GURPS, it's an advantage. Um... 7C, it'd be called an advantage. It'd be called a um, a knack in Savage Worlds. It's it's feats, right? Yeah, yeah. They, Do- there's knacks and secrets in in uh, Mom. Mom is is monarchies of Mal, by the way. Monarchies. I will I will call it Mom. So mom? if I say that and it doesn't sound like it makes sense, check the context. Okay. Um, yeah, there there are a few less skills. I do like they they flavor a couple of skills differently, and they do one thing that Five E doesn't do that I wish they did, and they have a traverse skill, which is Constitution. There are no Constitution skills in Five E, which I think is foolish, but I get it from like a game design and balance standpoint. But whatever Monarchies of Maudud did or does that lets them do that and it's traverse so it's supposed to be for like eking off e- eking around weird weird corners or or it's like a climb or like if you had to to make your way across a rope or a pulley that didn't have a cart or anything across a gap it would be you know it's not necessarily how strong you are it's like endurance more than that so i i really like that an endurance travel skill. Yeah, which, I, I don't know, 5e has athletics and acrobatics, and part of what 5e wanted to do was was reduce the skill bloat, because, you know, 3.5 was absurdly skill bloated. Um, but I would love to see more constitution things, and so that's, I don't know, from a from a mechanics, I, I've got a little bit of min-maxer in me. Like it, It's just cool to think about Constitution being worth you know, a little more in a game like this. Um, have, we, have we mentioned the, the favor points? No, I was going to bring that up next. So, so there we so go. the one that they do, which I think is really, really good, and it's different between a party of dogs and a party of cats, is this thing called the favor bowl. And you start out with... Uh, two or is it one purple? I have to look it up. But there's a remember. number of tokens in the bowl, and and it's a real you you put a bowl on the table, um, and you you put out poker chips or or you know, don't use crackers because you wind up eating them. But you know beads or <laughs> or 
Uh, and it's an in-game currency that can be used to reroll dice. Similar so, to uh, the hero points from 7C. Yes, they they have fewer like hero points in Seven C have lots of different uses. Um, well, it's a hero point, not a a favor. Right, you know? not a favor. Favor is more like luck, and hero points more like yo big thing. Right, and and so a favor. Let's see if I can find the favorable rules. You know, it doesn't matter. Um, the the favor you can use. To, to re-roll anything, even damage, which is which I thought was was clever. Mm -hmm. um, if you are playing Pugmire, anytime someone's awarded favor, it goes in the bowl, and it you take a party vote to see if someone can spend a favor. It's it's a very social group thing, right? So, mm -hmm. um, the guide, which is what they call the GM. Uh, the guide can award favor for a clever plan or some nice, neat role play. It's it's a it's an encouragement, right? It's an enticement. It's, hey, it's it's you, the it's inspiration from Five E, except it, it applies to well, it can apply to the group. I'll let you. Yep. So so as the dog, the dogs, since they're social and pack driven, have to put the favor in the bowl, and then if someone wants to spend favor. They have to ask the group, and they take a vote. Mm -hmm. Cat, start with favor in the bowl, but when favor is awarded by the guide, the individual cat can either decide to put it in the bowl or keep it for themselves. I got a favor for good role-playing because my blind, my blind ranger cat, Noma, is a hoot to RP. She kept it. Yeah. And she kept it. But that's that's a very cat like you know, yeah, I I will help people out when it's okay when, and when it when it suits me. <laughs> right. And sometimes I just, you know, gotta be me, so here it is. Yep. Um and and I really like that. Like we were saying, the the, the dichotomy between the dogs and the cats is just really well done. Like the when you're reading Monarchies of Mao, the core rule book, and when you're reading uh, Adventures for a Curious Cat, all of the NPCs kind of have an angle and they have things they care about. And there's certain things they'll share with the party. There's other things they won't. That, that, that's personal. I'm not sharing that. Um, the, in, the mon in the cities of the monarchies, there are lounges. Uh, that are set up for afternoon napping for the patrons. So where you go to Pugmire, there are a lot of noisy taverns where people can eat lots of food, um, which is very dog. Uh, yes. You go to Monarchies of Mao, and there are these lounges that are kind of serene and quiet, and there's you know big windows with sunny spots, you know sun sun drenched sofas where you can just relax and sleep <laughs> love it um class are we are we at classes we're talking yeah, about well, the, I think we're, kind of talking about the already, genre of it the genre it's it's high fantasy right there's clerics it, there's, there's magic users so but uh is it are there so that are there magic items 
Okay, we, just because we're very new, you said high fantasy. My knee-jerk reaction was, is it is it high or is it mid-fantasy? No, it's it's high fantasy. You just, okay. I, I, I'm, when I'm GMing or guiding or DMing or judging, I, I tend not to do a lot of magic. You've been and, judged. Um, I just, that's, well, DCC calls them judges. No, um, I know. I, I, sorry, that was a BoJack reference. Yeah. So, so that's just, that's my style. Like, hey, you're just starting out on your, your, in your life as an adventurer um so no you, you know you're, you're not gonna get anduil flame of the west seven minutes into the adventure <laughs> thunder fury blessed blade of the wind seeker yeah no, no <laughs> you know, here's a here's a night here's an actually high quality sharp sword instead of the dull you know slab of iron you've been swinging around for 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 a couple of days mm-hmm. um so that's just my style but it is high fantasy uh, there was a lot of magic. Uh, Maddie oh, yeah, used a lot of sure. magic with her with her mancer, mm-hmm. slinging a lot of spells. So, so there's there's a mage style. So, so the classes aren't called mage, fighter, thief, monk, bard. Um, they have thematic names, uh, and they're not called uh, classes. They're called calling. Yep. Uh, so when you make a character, you pick a. Um, Let's see, what is it? What's the first thing called? A champion. You you pick a call. Well, you pick a calling. Oh. Uh, if you're a dog. And we're, talking then about, you pick... we're talking about monarch. He's a mouth, though, so you're a cat, right? Oh yeah. All right. So I'll put the pugmire away. Sorry, uh, we'll, so we'll do pugmire monarch, another time. With mo- well, it's the same system, so I'm just gonna keep switching them back and forth. That's okay. Um. So with monarch, he's a mouth. You pick a house. Oh yep. Which is the royal house that you are aligned with and that's like your race it, it that that equates to race and and there's a breed in pugmire that's the same thing um and then you pick a calling which is your class mm-hmm. uh so your your race your house gives you certain attributes and and bumps in certain abilities yeah and then your calling gives you your um that's all of your, your cl- what would be your class features yes and so um, the callings the six callings in monarchies are champion which is pretty much a fighter yep uh foot pad which is your thief mm-hmm. or rogue Ma- or rogue mancer is your mage mm-hmm. uh minister is your cleric yep tracker is your ranger and then wanderers is like your monk. Yeah. Yeah. And then pirates of Pugmire, if you get the pirates expansion, gives you um, crusader, which is a paladin. Which is interesting. We're talking very briefly pre-show. Yes. About the one time that you wanted me to play Skull and Shackles, Pathfinder, and I'm a chronic cleric paladin in TTRPGs, and you were like, oh, don't play a cleric or paladin because you're going to be pirates. And right. now the pirate book for Monarchies of Mao includes a crusader? What's up with that? Uh, I I believe, this, this is just 
this so this is this has nothing to do this is all business right and publishing i think that they had this class ready to go and they just didn't have another place to put it or they had the other five which are gun dog which is a gunslinger torpedo uh which is the cat version of a assassin basically mystic uh which is kind of kind of druidy but more spiritual and the like alchemist, more of a shaman yeah kind of like a shaman uh and then the alkalist which is uh, an alkalist a- right a- you're sorry sorry alkalist alkalist what is an alkalist a l i s t uh mixing potions and brews and and that kind of thing okay I was going to say it's it's very similar in base to alchemist, but I wasn't sure if it was. An alchemist is an alchemist. A mystic is a shaman slash druid. A torpedo is an assassin uh, slash gunslinger, kind of. A gun dog is a gunslinger. And then you have crusader. <laughs> gun dog. Gun dog. Yep. Sounds like a, a Gundam. She's she's fabulous. It's a it's a a white retriever style dog, and she's got a pirate shirt on, and she's got the big thick belt and the long swishy dress. Nice opened up up the halfway up the leg with a. We gotta mis- play. We gotta play some more Sea of Thieves if that's what you're up for. Oh, it's very very cool. Nice. But then, and then Pugmire, they're they're they have the classic. Um, their callings are very similar, right? So mm-hmm. it's uh, artisan, which is their mancer, their wizard, uh, guardian, which is a fighter, hunter, which is a ranger, ratter, which is your rogue, shepherd, which is your cleric, and then strays is kind of the catch-all. Okay, like a bard, like a jack-of-all-trades. Bard, monk, yes. Yeah, a stray can be basically mix any any of the benefits from any of the classes, but none of the it's it, yeah, it's just kind of a catch-all. Like I don't really want to play any of these. It's like I'd be a stray. Sure, I like that. But but that and and they're not that we found this out when we were playing. They're not like one for one. Right? No, because no. Well, they're very they're very very close to five e. The mechanics have different names, but a lot of them are very familiar. Like the sneak attack is called precision attack. And it doesn't yeah. trigger exactly the same way, and it doesn't deal exactly the same amount of damage. But it, if you're familiar with a sneak attack, then you're familiar with a precision attack. So, like if, if you if you like playing rogues in Five E, you will be able to play uh, a footpad in Monarchies. That was what Richter was. Yeah. Um. Canonically, we've talked about you know the religion. Um, apparently, the there's end. there's way more sweet stuff in the core rule book than I've seen. Um, there so are. Oh yeah, go ahead. So so they did this thing, um, and they did it both in Pugmire and Monarchies of Mao, where they introduce uh, iconics. If you're familiar with Pathfinder iconic characters. Um, there are these NPCs, and they get call-out boxes throughout the book, and they give their opinion about what you're seeing in the rules. Okay. Like, so, 
So during the and and they have different the call out boxes. It looks like they're handwriting. So if you're reading the Monarchies of Maokor rulebook, you're going to see these call out boxes with different fonts for different types of handwriting, and that's the different characters giving you their take on what you're reading in the rulebook. Oh, okay. So you read about you know picking locks and the the uh, the foot pads like oh this is all nonsense I wish we didn't have to deal with this sort of thing like the fourth yeah, wall so breaking like, meta jokes it is so so like here there's the the chapter on the shadow block and that's one of the houses uh, that's the un kind of the unaligned house they're they're into democracy and they they don't really believe in the monarchy anymore um, and then one of the characters is um, talking about, you know, this experiment in democracy is new for us all, and cats from the great houses still sniff at it warily, blah, 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 blah. And then another character comes along and says, huh, I take your earlier point. The kittens are all right. And, that, you know, that's a hmm. it's a punk song. Right? Kids are all right. It's a reference to a punk song. And it's just, it's clever the way they did that. The pictures um, of the care You see pictures of the characters sometimes in their little call-out boxes, and they, nice. they talk about rules sometimes sometimes they talk about the rules uh, and sometimes they talk about the fluff and it's just it's it's a neat way of of doing that yeah i'm I'm scrolling through the pdf now and I'm, I've, I've read a couple of them and that's uh that's a it's a neat thing yeah it's a very cool um way of kind of mixing the fluff and the crunch it reminds me a little bit it, har- it feels like it harkens back to like D and D three five where three point five rather, um, where I feel like I recall from the at least the P eight the player's handbook, um, they they had a, a handful of characters that are are pretty, I, I don't know I guess well known if you've followed D and D for a long time, uh, so like sure. Miley and Tordek, um like the I, I don't know where they originated but um they've got those characters in there at times chiming in not in the same way um i don't have my 35 php heat well maybe i do i'm not going to go get it anyway um but i i liked i i don't know i've been i've been really wanting to play some dcc lately and so i really have been enjoying callbacks to older systems and older game mechanics and older game content that's been enjoyable so i like to see that in the newer stuff um the appeal of monarchies of mal uh i i can take this one because i we when we finished playing 7c we had talked about playing vampire or werewolf more than anything else and then monarchies of mal came up as like oh well maybe this one and then my my two siblings who are the other people in that in that in our Wednesday group were like, oh no, let's definitely play that one. And so I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot. We'll see. Um but it is remarkably similar to five E, such that if you are familiar with D D or Pathfinder, uh Monarchies of Mao is really not a long shot to learn at all. Um I think the judge has a little bit of a different approach to their responsibilities and the favor bowl is a little different, and there aren't bonus actions and reactions, so combat is a little quicker and easier. Like, you, you know, you got to move and you got a thing that you can do. So um, it, it might even be more approachable, 
Um, I would say that another appeal to it is that if you're trying to play like D&D with younger kids and you want to keep it a, a little bit light, maybe cartoony, um, it's it's hard to, I don't know, we've been doing a lot of, in my 5e group, we've been, we have had moments in the campaign, not recently, where we've like, somebody killed somebody else, and then their kids asked one of the PCs for help, and then one of the PCs was like, absolutely, the guy who killed your dad is a scumbag, and I'm going to go kill him. And then another player was like, wait, we probably shouldn't just murder this guy, right? Did he actually do it? Um, and it's created a lot of like tension and really adult themes that if you were trying to play a D and D like game, and you didn't want to, you you want you know if you played D and D, especially if you're playing from a module, you are sort of locked into that system and that expectation of system where D and D allows for a lot of that, and you expect epic high fantasy from D&D, like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, you know, teen to mature level content where you could accomplish the same things and because it's cats and dogs, it's it's gonna be less serious. And even in our campaign, like, we, we killed people and there were dogs that got murdered in the alleyways, but it's not as... It's, it's not as human to process, I guess. It's not which as is, visceral as I'm killing a fellow human being. It, a, a little and, bit, which is not good, right? I mean, it's not good to distance yourself like that, and it's I'm bordering on a big ethical conversation, so I don't want to push it any further, but if okay. if if you want something that is a little lighter, um, Monarchies of Mao is, is a great appeal. Uh, the other thing that really got me in was that I, I read so much Redwall as a kid, and I have been hankering to reread it as an adult. Um, so if you, I don't know, if, if you've done, and I watched like Rats of Nim when I was a kid, or um, like the the Black Cauldron. I feel like has has a little bit of that, you know, whimsy, so, fantasy, but animals. Like it, I don't know any sort of sci-fi or fantasy so that you read that has animals in it is a huge makes makes this a big appeal i never read like the guardians series but that had to do with owls i think and that was super popular and there was a big one with cats that was super popular so the, there's definitely so have, a broad appeal i have page 12 open which sure. is the inspiration for monarchies of mal from from the publisher themselves mm. um mouse guard by david peterson the is Secrets that, of Cat. Sorry, is that a book or is that a game? Mouse, so Mouse Guard is a series of graphic novels that got turned into a role-play game. Because we've played the board game. I didn't know that was books. You you are thinking about um, the mouse game from Plaid Hat Publishers. Which is Mice called Mouse... Oh, no, you're right. It is Mice and Mystics. Uh, Mystics Mouse Guard is a series of graphic novels that got turned into a role play game. Very cool. Uh, the Secrets of Cats by Richard Bellingham. That might be the cat Red... series that I just mentioned. Yep. Red Wall. Classic. Rats of Nim. Yep. Uh, the Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents by Terry Pratchett. Don't know that one. Adventure Time. You know, I never got into it, even though I was told to watch it. Yep. Neither did I. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Gamma Classic. World from James M. Ward, 
ElfQuest by Wendy and Richard uh, Panini. Older uh, classic? The... Huh? ElfQuest is an older classic, right? Like, that's that's yeah. 80s, 70s? Yes, yeah, that's 80s. So isn't Thundar the Barbarian? Yep. Uh, the Gene Forge. I don't know what that is. Watership Down, which is rabbits, right? Watership Down was the movie with... with uh, yep. Rabbit, yep. Rabbit. Most people's uh, first experience to childhood trauma. <laughs> and then here's the last one. Ready for this one? A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess so. It's the it's the intrigue. It's the houses. It's the it's the secrets. Uh, I, I guess I see the the political side of that. I try. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't like politics in real life, so I don't do a lot of politics in my TTRPGs. So that one yeah. that one doesn't hit as hard for me. But no, I just thought that was neat. That it's like it. There's all this like fluffy kid stuff, and then at the end, it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> everybody. Does. No, it's, it makes sense, right? Like it, you could play this with a group of six year olds, or you could play it with a group of forty year olds. Like it doesn't. And, and that was one of the things that surprised me the most, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we have prizes in the list here. We have what we love and what we don't love. But no, I'm surprised. I if it's a good surprise. The biggest thing that surprised me is I was getting ready for a silly. This is going to be a silly, fun. You know, it's going to. Oh we're going to play a game. It's going to feel like watching the Puss in Boots Netflix series, which I love the Puss in Boots Netflix series. I've seen I've watched I've binged it three times in a row. Absolutely love it. I cry like a baby at the end of it. I don't um, think I've ever seen it. Not ashamed to say it, uh, because it is. I just I love the story. <laughs> I love the characters, but it's fun and it's silly and it's it, you know it's Puss in Boots, DreamWorks, right? He's it's, dr- it's DreamWorks. Yeah, that's the. Uh, it's so good, and that's what I was gearing up for with Monarchies of Mao. It's like we're all going to be Puss in Boots and Kitty Softpaws, and we're going to steal the magic beans from Jack and Jill and. Um, <laughs> It, it, it could be I'm that, watching. but it wasn't. It could, and and that's the thing. The beauty of this game is it totally could have been that. But I'm playing with twenty somethings, right? And oh god, we all and, are now, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, you're all somethings. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> it's the beginning the of the end. I'm reading through the <laughs> module, and it's a murder mystery, <laughs> and it involves a cult that is trying to uh, destroy murder people murder people and destroy religious traditions and it's and like turn them into zombies like this, yeah. this, this is the walking like, dead with cats it is like... so, <laughs> the game played was walking dead with cats we could have easily played uh, a dreamworks style oh these guys are gonna you know, sprinkle you with this juice and you're gonna become a like a zombie and then we can save you in the end um but then i'm reading through it it's like no the zombie hits you for 14 damage you fall down yeah, no, it was we, yes. <laughs> we had a blast. Oh yeah, no, lots of fun. And we, I don't know, we got one. So it's my my sibling Matt like hasn't played a lot of games with us too much, but this one like really really got him involved. Oh my gosh, he was who all day Wednesday. We're, we're playing today, right? We're gonna play today, right? Yes, <laughs> we're gonna play. Yes, yeah, gonna it's, play. I don't know. It's it's the I I think. Part of what really does that is storytelling and and DM ability. So kudos to you, obviously, and kudos to the writer of the module, even though, you know, 
I'm not. You don't like. It's yeah. not that I don't like modules. I just I put in so much effort as a DM that maybe I'm a little snobbish about it at this point. But that's you know DM humility is probably a different topic. But that being said, um, oh gosh, I lost my whole train of thought. Brain fart. Why Matt was getting excited about playing. Yep, that's all right. Um, Story, ability, and... Nope, that's okay. I was trying to write down a, a, a quote about sprinkling juice on people, too, because I thought that was super funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, right, I don't know. They're going to sprinkle juice on you, and that'll be the adventure. Like, that's just not... The bottle of zombie juice away from the bad guy, and then he can't make more zombies. Right? So we, we did that the DCC adventure where we got turned into little people... And we had to, like, fight an automaton and find this other... Like, that was more goofy than this cat anthropomorphic animal adventure was. Because this one was cultists and zombies and, like, serious shit. So, and what's I, funny it's just is amazing how the, that works. The one where you guys shrank down, that's a Fritz Lieber, Fafford and Grey Mouser oh, story. Is it? God, I love... Oh, I love... Yeah, I'm... Surprised you haven't read it yet. It's it's coming. If you're if you're still working through the Fafford and Grey Mouser books, I, um, I'm on the third one, so it must be in there. Have you met Hisvit yet? Maybe she's not. A, she's the grain merchant's daughter. They're on the ships and they're protecting the ship. They're taking the grain across the sea to another nation. And I don't I don't think I've done grain transport yet, so it might, it might be in this last one. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, because as soon as you read that, you're gonna go. That's what we were playing. Holy crap! Oh, that's cool as hell. I really, I, I know you gushed about it at that Gen Con and a little bit at the start of this episode, but now I'm starting to gush a little bit because it's really good. Look what you've done. <laughs> uh, yep. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you forever. Apologize. <laughs> I apologize for your joy. I so I've been following the. Uh, the GameStop stuff, I'm not going to go into it, but a lot of the time when people post like, oh, I made 40k or I made 200, I made 2 million dollars today, like, a lot of the the Wall Street Bets subreddit will be like, fuck you and congratulations. So, that, yeah. that that's how I feel. Fuck you and congratulations. Alright. Look, look what you've done. You've made me not want to play 5e anymore. I, that's hey, not true. I still do. I still I still want to play 5e, but like I, I also really want to play all these other I don't know. It's like the Steam Lunar sale just happened and anytime Steam has a sale, everything on my wish list is on sale and it's like, "Ah, oh, but I have all these I already have games that I love and enjoy and people who play those games with me and now there's this new thing that sounds awesome and great and I don't get to to play it with these people and it's hard with tabletop roleplay games because it's you got to learn a new system and you got to do all of this and so I'll, I'll segue right into what we love about it and I love that it is accessible especially for somebody who has such a background in 5e What, do you, what love, else do you love about it? I mean, it's. I feel like we've been gushing about it the whole episode because I haven't had anything bad to say about it. But I love that it has a rich world. Oh yeah. 
I, I I love the the rich environment, and I also love that it is there is no closed cosmology. And and that's I mean I'm 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 looking at Vampire the Masquerade when I say that, um, uh, which has a very static closed. This is the way the world is. Deal with it. Um, you know, there's the unknown and there's man and there's there's a whole exploration theme. So you can go looking for the artifacts of man, right, to bring them rel holy relics back to the church if you're a dog or you can look for secrets of the old ones that will help your house, uh, give your house some advantage over the other houses if you're uh, playing monarchies of Mao. Um, so so that. I, I really like that. And then this this idea of the unseen. Nowhere in the book does it say, oh, the unseen is a level 25, blah, 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 with these stats. And Hello there, John here. Pardon the interruption. I have figured out finally why I cut out at inopportune moments. I had a really bad, uh, really common hotkey set to mute myself and so in the past couple of episodes where i've had to do these bumpers i figured it out and it shouldn't happen anymore but it did happen right now and i'm out for about a minute and a half so i've clipped it and i exclaim oh no when we rejoin because i realized what had happened um and we we miss a little bit of me but you still get uh the good stuff from jack and the rest of the episode will be just as good as the first half so stay tuned thanks for the patience and hopefully this won't happen again. Enjoy. No, um, there's, but there oh, is. So no. you, so they do a stamina, not a hit point. Um, and it's one of those where you, re, if you're done, once you're out of the fight, you kind of regain all your stamina. Right. Um, and there are spell slots that you will recharge after a good night's sleep. Um, but it doesn't, it does not call out long rest, short rest. So, so yeah. that five day week, we haven't run into it. Um, the, which the is cool because you hate, we had a whole episode about that. So, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't hate it. I just think it's, you know, wow, that was a really bad fight. We're going to, we're going to take a breather. It's like, it, okay, cool. It's a little bit tired. of a mechanical oversight. Yeah. I think is how I'd phrase yeah. it. I guess. Um, what don't you like about it? Uh, so one 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 thing, and it it came up right at the end of the session there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I I think as far as I can tell, everyone, any player character, is sort of by default neutral or good aligned. And I don't know that there are options to make other characters, like evil or, you know, true neutral characters, where you guys, you like, when we were talking about the consistory, thinking that, you know, man experimented on cats and dogs and and didn't have our best interest at heart, like, you I would shut love... Your heretical mouth. That's terrible. That's heresy. Don't... don't put that on our show right so, but i so i would love to play a cat that because that, i don't know like as a human being who is conscious of the things going on in the world like there are people who abuse animals and it'd be cool to play an animal who's like no i don't believe in that 
Especially, I don't know, it, it's reflective of, like, real life. It makes it a little more realistic, too, because, like, you've got people who believe in a religion and are like, oh, no, this says to be kind to your neighbor, and it's like, well, no, it says to be kind to your neighbor until they're a heretic and then to, to kill them. Like, whatever whatever it is, right, I don't want to get into specifics, but it'd be cool sure. to play uh, a character that is on the other side of accepted religion in the monarchies of Mao universe, especially because it has such a cool backstory with the idea of man, right? Like you could be a cat who just like has it out for man worshippers, And it's like, you idiot dogs. Of course they abused you. They thought you, you, you had to whine at a door so that you could pee. Like they were terrible to you. Like it, it would just be very, very cool to have that option. Um, Especially because yes. I feel like I could yeah. play an evil cat or dog better than I could play an evil human or dwarf in my 5e game. Hmm. I think. Yeah, there, there, there is no alignment in any of the rule books. So, mm. so it, you, you are right. The assumption is that you're heroes and that you're trying to accomplish. Which is okay. Right? I mean, 7C did the same thing. And I loved... God, I would play 7C again in a heartbeat. But I, I, I wish... Especially, maybe it's just because our first adventure with this involved the consistory and this sort of cult-like entity, and it was like, yeah. ooh, that's super interesting. I want to be about that. Um, but but that's that it, it, that would be cool. That's I, that maybe is the only thing that I don't love about the system. But you could just homebrew a little. Yeah, you guys can be cultists. Like do evil shit, and the the guards will try to stop you. Like, yeah, I mean that's the the pirates. The Pirates book doesn't, again, does not have alignment, but it talks about being, you know, a pirate, which involves hurting people and taking their stuff and sinking their ships and selling and goods swindling and saying arg and yarsh pataxed. Yeah, <laughs> there's all I mean, that's that's all in there. Um, it's just not presented as a good versus evil choice or a chaos versus law choice so. which maybe is another another good reason i'd play this with with younger kids and I, i'm thinking from like a a, a guide uh standpoint because i've run groups for for first timers and i've run groups for for varied populations so it'd be cool to to play with younger kids where you don't have to worry about you know the the law chaos spectrum or the good evil spectrum. It's like you're you're just a person, right? Like you you do what you think you should do in a given moment, and your actions define you more than these letters that you put on your character sheet eight months ago. Or do you not what? love anything about it? So one of the things I don't I don't know if I it's a minor annoyance. So I, it, it's got it's definitely in the cons column. I think it's a little too close to five E. Yeah, yeah, Mister. I don't like five E over here. Well, no, but I'm just I'm just saying that there's if you're playing with people who are really five E, like they're they're war. They play war five E, um, raw. I'm sorry, raw five E rules as written. Um, what, is, what is war? I don't know. I it, it's, oh, okay. it's back. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I just didn't know if that meant something else. My bad. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, if you if folks are really really familiar and comfortable in five E, um, and it's like, well, what's my bonus actions? Like, we don't do that here. Um, I mean, it, 
it was nice that when we were casting spells, you knew the 5e, like, I'm Cure Wounds. Is that a D? And I'm flipping through the book, and you're like, yeah, it's a D. It's a D8. Oh, yeah, it's in the book, D8. It's accessible, right? That was was one of the things that I loved about it. It is. I, I think that. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm, I'm annoyed because it is so close to five E, um, and when I don't play five E, I want to play something different. That's yeah, no, I, mean, I, I hear that. Is so what? Let me let me pose Star- let me pose this question to you: if if you were gonna change something about this to make it less like five E and maybe more unique or more like a different system that you enjoyed, what what would it be that you would change? Gosh, I know it's a lofty question. Take a minute if you need to think about it. Yeah, like that—that's one of the the things that I thought about when you proposed that thought was that, like, yeah, it is very, very similar. But if you were gonna play an anthropomorphic RPG, you know, like what what system would really be better? And the first thing that jumps to my head is is like GURPS. But even then, you probably could just play GURPS and just say that you're a cat with all the other stuff that's already built into GURPS, right? So, there GURPS, so there are GURPS third editions for bunnies and burrows. Like, that, see, that there exists. you go. Like, I say, it exists. <laughs> I'm looking at Mouse Guard on the shelf, and Mouse Guard uses the Burning Wheel RPG system, which oh, um, I don't think we've talked about that on the show. I don't know that I'm familiar with it either. Film long time that i that i've read it you know now that i'm thinking about it i i don't know if i would change it i really don't i really can't think of i mean because it's streamlined the combat like you roll for initiative and you've got a move you've got an act and yeah no no bonus actions and no react like i i don't know i like the tactical essence of 5e but it's also so nice to not be bogged down by that stuff yeah, and and the spell casting when the spell slots are fine, um, skill checks are fine. I mean, I you know I, the more I think about it's it, it's fine, more I, right? That's the thing. Like it's not it's not great. It doesn't jump out at you, but it does everything well. And it's not like oh, this is a broken thing, and this is uh, this this one thing doesn't work. It's like it all works. It's yeah. not. 7c where you're going to be like oh god that sweet thing i did when i got six raises like you can still roll in at 20 and it's not quite that level of epic but it does what it tries to do well it does it does what it tries to do very well i i think the um the the one thing that was unclear um and and i'm gonna have to reread the core rulebook again uh was advancement like in in 5e you get so many experience points now you're level 2 if you want to be level 3 you need to go get so many more experience points i think that was the one thing that was unclear um in my first reading of the core rulebook and we're going to level up sure. the next time we play so i'm going to have to reread that area again yeah um, that in so yeah in, in the 5e player's handbook the php for your classes which are callings in monarchies of mal you've got a little table and then all of your class stuff, where it shows, you know, if you're a a, a, a cleric at level one, you get spell casting. At level two, you get your channel divinity. At level three, you pick your uh, 
Or maybe at level one as a cleric, you pick your domain now. But but it tells you right all the way down, um, and it doesn't. It only gives you your starting stuff on the calling page in the the core rulebook of Monarchies of Mao. So I would be curious to know sort of what level. I imagine because it is so based on 5e or similar to 5e that it would be similar to 5e. God, that felt redundant to say, but. Uh, so, so you are wrong. We are wrong, my friend. Okay. Page, page, page one ten of the core rulebook. All right. Uh, as cats go on adventures, they become more experienced and powerful. This indication of experience is called a level, and increasing in level is called advancement. Cats go up in level after an interesting story, or maybe even a few sessions. It varies based on guide desire and the logic of the chronicle. So all advancement in Monarchies of Mao is effectively milestone advancement. There is no XP. Nope, no XP. It's up to I, the I guide. like that. I, I don't know. I, I do I do milestone for every game that I run. I never I don't think I've ever done XP. And after so that levels one through ten, and then and then there's some bullet lists of what happens when you level up, right? Yep. And it's add the yeah, number of stamina. At blah blah blah, gain another stamina die. Spellcasters gain two additional spells. Mancers and ministers choose two more spells. Dabblers only gain a spell. Um, proficiency bonus goes up every two levels. So level three, you get plus three for your proficiency bonus. Yep. Um, ability scores. Each level. Interesting. ASI um, each. That's the ability. Sorry, ability score increase. The ASI is every level in this. Nice. Is and then after Cat reaches level ten, she has gray fur. She can continue to adventure if she chooses, but she doesn't advance in levels anymore. I kind of so I, I kind of like that, and we're we're a little bit out of the scope of the deep dive now. But as a I don't know, as sort of trailing thoughts, um, I've been I've had a couple of discussions, not super recently. Uh, but a little while back about sort of where my characters, where my players in my 5e game imagine their characters retiring. And when I did our session zero, right, three year, two and a half years in, um, I, I proposed that people could have sort of an idea of where they would like their character to end up in sort of a 7c kind of way, where in 7c when you create your character, Part of what you're supposed to do with that is write a little bit about sort of how you want them to end. How you is it how you want them to die or how you want them to retire? Uh, depend. I mean, that's that's up to the player, it's, right? I want yeah, my player to it, how, die how you in this. Sorry, boundless, you know, blaze of glory, or you know, no. I at some point I'm just gonna hang it up and get a little cottage by the sea and and weave you know, baskets. So I, I, I kind of proposed doing something like that to my 5e group, and I think it caused a little bit of confusion because people were, like, expecting to to die, and I, I had to... There's a little bit of discussion about, like, well, I'm not going to try to TPK you guys, but, like, things are still threatening. Because um, the, the threat of death is an, apparently an interesting thing to talk about, and maybe that's something that we should put as a, a future episode idea. Um but in in terms of of monarchies, I, I really like that idea of like, oh, you're, you're level ten, 
you've got gray fur, you're old, you can keep going, but there there really isn't there's not anything else that you're going to get out of the world that's going to really make you better. Um and I I kind of I kind of like that. I like that it's it's a forced retirement, but it's not cuz you can keep adventuring, but like there just isn't more for you to to get, you know. I I think it kind of nicely um, handles aging without the mechanics. Like, if you play Traveler um, Mm. and your character reaches a certain age, you start to roll, right, they're not saving throws, but they're similar to saving throws. Like, you, it's like, hey, I'm turning 65. Okay, cool. Or 68. (laughs) I think it's when you start making the rolls. Roll Uh, roll to see if you have kidney disease? Like... It's roll to see if you lose a stamina point or roll to see if you lose a dex point. Like, Mm. you know, you're getting older. Your knees don't, my knees don't work, right? I'm 50 something and my knees hurt when I, (laughs) so, so that, that, I mean, it's very mechanical in traveler because that's how it's written. But here in Pugmire and Monarchies of Mouse, like, Hey, hit level 10. And I mean, Look at the spells for for some of those character those high end spells for some of those characters. Um, right, create where you can just create things out of thin air. I mean, so so part of that, you know, comparing it to five e, which we've been doing a lot. Five, you know, five e goes to level twenty. So this is every one monarchies of Mao level is is kind of like two levels like that. Where by the time you get to, I mean, level like six in monarchies of Mao, you'd be 12 13 in D D, which which is pretty that's substantial right like i i like yeah. that it's small that's another reason why i want to try to get my group to to play dcc is that it's like oh if you get to level four you're an epic level adventure like that's insane like congratulations but most of you will die yeah. at level zero i like that 5e feels like a dra- it can drag on and not that it does, right? A lot of that is is based on your DM and your narrative. But I like that this system and other ones factor that in and try to be like, well, even if your campaign feels like it's dragging on, eventually it will get to a point where it's going to be either so lethal that it's going to end in either an epic success and you'll retire happily or an epic disaster and you'll all be dead. Right. Um... Monarchies of Mao. It's I don't know. It's very fun. I don't know that I have a whole lot more to say about it. We've covered everything that we wanted to. Um, I'm really enjoying it. If you come from Five E and you read Redwall and you're about it, then do it. Uh, you what? Sorry, you you are. Is this thing on? My mic on? Yep. We we missed we missed the support. Oh, my bad. No, no worries. Um, so I pulled up. So so. The source to get things for Pugmire or Monarchies of Mao is Drive Through RPG. We plugged um, it before. You know it. You love it. It's Drive Through RPG. Drive Through RPG. Hashtag and not sponsored. Not sponsored. Yeah, they should sponsor us. Totally. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored yet. So, so a couple of things. These rule books are available free in the phone PDF version. You said phone? Yeah, so so like Drive Through RPG has this product they call phone PDFs, and they are P 
PDF documents formatted for smartphone screens. Okay, and these are free for that. I will. Let's go ahead. I'll find. I'll find the links and I'll put them in the show notes. Pugmire's were free. I don't know if they still are. I can look. So um, Pugmire, Monarchies of Mao, and they were uh, phone edition. And the okay. All right, we will look, and if they are still currently available, I will put those in the show notes. I'll probably process this episode tomorrow, so it should be up by Sunday or Monday. And so if you – oh, I don't think it is anymore. But anyway, um, and if you do a search for Pugmire, you'll also get the Monarchies of Mao books. Um, there's a bunch of stuff on there. There's uh, screens. There are a number of modules for Pugmire. There's a module now out for Pirates of Pugmire. Um, Which has your Paladin spell, class. There are spell cards. So if you play a Shepherd uh, or an Artisan. Um, a Manser and, or a Minister. Uh, so these are Pugmire, so they're not Monarchies of Malk spell That's cards. not what um, we're talking about. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm plugging the whole. System. Nah, that's all right. It's probably a good idea. And uh, and so yeah, there there are a bunch of modules out there for Pugmire. There are several modules uh now out there from Onyx Path for monarchies. There's even some um side stuff like a hundred books to find on monarchies of Mao bookshelves. So you're walking through the library and here's the title of a book. Um, lots of neat little things like that. So, uh. This isn't one of those. This is an active system. So I want, during the support, I wanted to say that. Like sometimes I'll talk about a system um, and be like, "Yeah, that was really fun," but you know, it hasn't been published in four or five years. These are oh sure. These are actively being published. The the lines at are being worked on. Yep. New uh, new new content is coming out. It's new content it's is slower than out. like Wizards of the Coast, but it's also a smaller. It's a smaller company, yeah. so. Um, but yeah, it is. It's really yeah. That I just wanted to mention that because I didn't want people thinking like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. But it was published in 1984, and there's only seven books left available. Oh um, no, no, no. this was what 2015. This is this is new. 2016. Yep. This is this is new. Yep. It is active. It's being worked on. It's building building support. Um. You you could write a module for it if you were so compelled. I would love to see uh, Redwall stories as Monarchies of Mao or Pugmire Adventure Paths. That would be very Adventure. cool. There's that also supposed cool. to be... We've talked about Redwall a lot, and I guess as we get near the end here, there is also supposed to be some Redwall video game stuff coming out, and that looks oh, very okay. promising. So oh, cool. stay tuned. Very cool. And there's there's a lot of support on this for Roll20. So we were playing on Roll20. There is yep. a Pugmire and a Monarchies character sheet. Yep, they're both both really good. All the macros work. Nothing to worry about there. Very intuitive. Uh, the only thing that I found, that was the, one of the things I don't like, uh, is for Virtual Tabletop, there are not a lot of anthropomorphic animal icons. Well, not free ones, no, but you could make your own and upload those or you could buy some. But roll twenty that's a roll twenty issue more than a system issue. Well, it I mean, it's and same thing with miniatures. Oh right? yeah, yep, yeah, true. True, true. 
You so, could use so your you want... uh, Mice and Mystics minis. Uh, if you've got yeah, those I, I... handy. Gosh, that would game those was are fun. Mice, though. And and mice are the bad guys in most of the stories. Mice and rats are 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 kind of like the orc allegory. Mm-hmm. Um, Hero Forge. Although there there are companies that are doing. Um, who am I thinking about? They did the Napoleonic War ones. Um, oh, I'm sure I don't know. <laughs> um, I wrote a couple of ventures for them a long time ago. Goodman. No, not Goodman. Um, cool mini or not. No, not cool mini or not. It's crap. Where are those books? <laughs> uh, damn it, they're out in the hallway. That's okay. Um, uh, anyway, they, they have a whole line of. They're from England, um, and they're not. They're they're kind of cartoony. Um, they're they're not really sharp miniatures. They're mostly white metal, not mm. plastic, and. Um, they're from the Napoleonic era, so they're they're not quite in the right types of uniforms, but um, or clothing. But it's um, you know, the the rats are from Scotland. Uh, you're England. About, you're not talking about Malifaux, are you? I'm not talking about Malifaux. Nope. Um, I'll I'll um, damn it, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hey, run out. I'll wait. Yeah, no worries. I I will I will stand by. He's gonna go grab that book, and we will wrap up shortly thereafter that but he's got to figure it out or it will stick in his head forever i'm the same way if i've got something stuck in my head i've gotta gotta get it gotta get it out um monarchies of mao has been super fun though so again if you are coming from 5e pathfinder and you're just looking for something that feels a little different you got an open-minded group who has a little bit of love for redwall or Watership Down, Rats and Knit, any of those anthrop I like there was a there was a really popular book series when I was in middle school. So back in the early well, I guess late two thousands, right? Two thousand six through nine or so. Um I think they were called it wasn't Animorphs. Maybe it was Animorphs. Um but it was a very popular series. I'm sure that if you read something like that, Monarchies of Mao would be right up your alley. Or if you like uh Madagascar, or oh sure, or yeah. Hey, boots. what's 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 that book? Alternative Armies is the company. There we go. And the game I was thinking about was Flintlock and Slaughterloo. Okay, Slaughterloo. Alternative, <laughs> Slaughter. So Alternative Waterloo. Armies is a company out of Scotland, and they do an anthropomorphic animal Napoleonic War setting. So. Um, okay. there's bunnies and toads. I think Portugal is, is, uh, toads. There's dogs. Um, there's some fantasy critters in there. So there's orcs and I think the French are elves and the British are orcs. Classic. The Scottish are rats. Um, the Germans might be dwarves and, and then there's a bunch of anthropomorphic animals in there as well. So sure. So just one more time, what was that called? It's called Flintlock. All right. Well, there you go. So you can get miniatures if you get if you buy Flintlock miniatures from Alternative Armies. That will give you minis to use for Monarchies and Pugmar. Nice, sweet little plug and little tip there at the end. Any final thoughts there, Jack? 
No, I think we are. I think we've talked this one up. All right, I'll say yeah. it one. I'll say it one final time. If you're coming from Five E Pathfinder and you want something a little different, check out Monarchies of Mal. Otherwise, thanks a whole lot for listening. Uh, if you want to comment on the show, drop us a question, chime in, uh, feedback, any of it. Uh, the best way to do so is on Twitter, either at JamScota5 or at RedHoodieGames. Uh, if you want to do any more or check out anything else that I produce, head on over to Patreon.com Skoda, that's S-K-O-D-A. And uh, this is probably the last time that I plug it, but I do want to plug it again because it's oh so cool. But right now on DriveThruRPG, you can search for The Painter and the Pirate, and you will find a module written by our very own Jack for 7C. And it is fantastic, and you, if you haven't checked it out, you absolutely should. So thanks a whole lot, and we will see you next time. Good day, eh?